are going through different life hacks of how to make it through life, making wise choices, good choices. And hopefully the life hack we're going through tonight is a little bit more obvious than the ones in this video. And so the life hack we're discussing is how to keep your mouth shut. Okay? Okay, let's practice really quick, all right? Let's just, let's just do it. I can't do it for long, I'll be honest with you. I can't do it. I really struggle with this life hack of learning when and how to keep my mouth shut. So I'm telling you guys, as much as I am speaking to you this message tonight, know that I am speaking to myself just as much, if not more, because guys, I struggle. I struggle with keeping my mouth shut. If a, pop, a thought pops into my head, I usually say it nine times out of 10. And probably nine times out of 10, I probably shouldn't be saying the things that I'm saying, okay? And so no, as I'm going through tonight, know that this is something that the Lord is really, really working on me as well. Been so, so convicted recently because this is really a life skill that we should all possess because every single one of us in this room can say, I have been heavily impacted by somebody's words. Whether those words had a positive impact on your life or whether they had a negative impact on our life, we can all agree the words are powerful and they matter so, so much. There's a verse in Proverbs that says that the, in 13.3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth, though, can ruin everything. Have you ever opened your mouth and ruined everything before? done it so many times, it's embarrassing. And so this verse is saying, your mouth is powerful. There's another translation that says it like this, your mouth has the power of life and the power of death. And so let me ask you, tonight is your mouth usually bringing about life or is it bringing about death? And people in your life, are they usually bringing about life or are they bringing about death in your life? because every single one of us have been impacted by words. In fact, all the way back in the book, the Bible in Genesis, we were all created by the words of God, the heavens, the earth, where everything created us, and our words really, really matter. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about tonight. But I'm not gonna do it with an echo all night. That would be miserable, okay? So we can all think of words that have brought us life. Now, what I mean by this is this is not the conversation that your mom and dad had when they were deciding to have you as a baby, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about encouraging words. So words that maybe have given you a purpose, maybe words that have made you feel valued and loved, maybe words that fixed a brokenness that was in your heart. These are all life-giving words. And I think every single one of us can look back at that and say, even though that was years ago, I can still remember that time. This mic is really hot too, guys. I can still remember that time. And then we have words that have also brought us death. These words were detrimental to our lives. So maybe they've really, really stuck with us. Maybe someone just said one negative thing about the way you talked, about the way that you looked, about the way that you lived. There we go, they fixed the other mic, but now this one is working again. Lord have mercy, okay? And so they've said these things that have brought you death because those words have hurt you and they've stuck with you for your entire life. So maybe it was an insult, maybe someone questioned your identity or your purpose, or maybe someone made a joke that was supposed to be funny, 
but really wasn't funny, okay? I've had these jokes happen to me. I've made these jokes all the time. They're the worst. But we need to understand that our words matter. They have an incredible impact. And so the life hack we're talking about is the art of knowing when we should open our mouths and when we should keep them shut. Now, God knows the power of our words. And so he gives us so many verses, so much wisdom in the Bible about when it is smart to speak up and when it is smart to just not say anything anything at all. And so we can look at different verses. So like James 3, 3 through 10, for example, is so, so powerful in explaining how important our words are. It says, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that can make an impact, that can make grand speeches. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It has a world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire or it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. So in other words, this verse is saying, even though our tongues are this big, did you actually know that they're the strongest muscle in the body? For real, they are. Even though they are this big, they can bring about so much destruction. They are controlled by evil, and we have to learn how to tame them. This verse goes on to say, sometimes it being our mouths, praise our Lord and Father, but sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. When I read that verse, it convicted me because out of the same mouth, we can say we love Jesus. We can praise him and worship him every single Wednesday, but then we can turn around in the next five minutes and tear people down around us and be hurtful and say terrible, terrible things. How can we do that? How can we say that we worship God, but then use the same mouth to harm his creations? The Bible tells us that we are all wonderfully and purposefully created in the image of God. So when we use our words to tear other people down, we're tearing down God himself. And that should not be taken lightly. We also need to understand that when we say words, there's no taking them back. Once we say something and it is out into the universe, you can't rewind and reverse or go back into time or pull the words back in. Once they are out there, they are out there. And you can go back and you can say, you know, I'm sorry for the things that I've said, but when you speak, you should know that even if you apologize, your words can still have an impact. In this culture, when we complain, when we say something kind of sassy, another word for it is we are being salty, right? We're being salty. We're complaining. We're being sassy. And so when we speak those words of saltiness, we're pouring out that salt and we're getting it all around. We're spreading it. We're making people over here have to hear our saltiness. We're making this person have to hear our saltiness. We're complaining and being ugly and nasty. And the problem with that is, how are you going to get that back? 
How are you going to take those words back? How do you get the salt back in? You can't do it. There's no way. And we need to understand our words are the same way, guys. Once we say something, there's no taking it back. And so you might regret it. You might say, I didn't even mean it. But the words are out there. They've impacted the person. They've impacted the word around you. And there's nothing you can do about it. What you could have done, though, is chosen to keep your mouth shut. James 1.20 tells us human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so you might say, well, I was being salty for a reason, okay? My life is hard. That person deserved it. I deserve to complain. I deserve to be rude because that was what was fair. But that verse is saying our anger, our words in anger, can't take anything back. They can't make anything right. They can't bring about justice. That's what God's job is to do, not ours. We don't have the power to do it. And so when we're thinking, okay, so now that we know that our words have an impact, we know we can't take them back. We know that they have the power to bring about life or death. When is it that I should use my words? And when is it that I should stay silent? Well, recently I've learned this rule that I've really been trying to implement into my own life. And that is the rule of halt. Okay. What does halt mean? It means to stop, to pause, to take a second. So the word is halt, which means to stop, but we're going to break it into this acronym that stands for hungry angry, lonely, and tired. So if you are about to speak, halt and consider, am I one of the following things? Because if you are speaking from a place of any of those four places, it's not really you that's speaking. It's an emotion that's speaking. And our emotions, they aren't rational. They don't make sense. And that's usually what ends up bringing about the saltiness or the nastiness of our words. How many of you have ever been hangry before? Okay. This is my number one emotion. Okay. That's why I always have snacks in my purse. You look at my purse, there's snacks in there. Why? Because I am not me when I am hungry. I am a mean person that is irrational. Okay. And all of my coworkers are the same way. If you go back to the youth offices from the time of 11 to 1130, any day during the week, none of us are saved over there. Okay. None of us have Jesus in our hearts. We are grumpy. We are angry. We are sassy. And we all have to decide, okay, we're not going to speak to each other until we have eaten because we're about to say some things that we shouldn't say. And you might be able to relate as well. And hunger and speaking in hunger is actually in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. There are these two brothers named Jacob and Esau, okay? And Esau is this hunter, okay? He is the manly man out of the family, while Jacob, he's the one that stays at home and cleans and cooks. And so Esau goes out one day, he hunts all day, all day long, and he comes home and he is starving. And his brother is cooking up a nice stew on the stove. It's a lentil stew, okay? And he decides, he says, hey, Give me some of that stew. I'm hungry. I've been hunting all day. And his brother says, sure, brother, I'll give you the stew. But first, you have to give me your entire inheritance. Your entire inheritance for one bowl of soup. Now, the man, he doesn't halt. He doesn't stop to think for a second. He just says, okay, 
I'll give you my entire inheritance for a bowl of soup. Have y'all tried lentils? They're not even good, okay? And he trades everything for it. Why? Because he didn't halt. He didn't stop and think it through. He was thinking just with his emotions, and as a result, he loses everything. He should have halted before he spoke. Guys, you don't want to be letting your stomach speak for you. You want your brain to speak for you. And so if you are about to explode in emotions, first decide, okay, I am hungry. I'm going to eat a snack. And then think if you're still upset about it later, then maybe go on to speak about it. But don't do it if you're hungry. The next thing you need to consider before you speak is are you angry, okay? Now, some of you might say, well, I don't really struggle with being angry all the time. And I would ask you, what's that like? Because I don't understand that, okay? Anger is my number one emotion that's always uh, just below the surface. But you might say, well, I don't really struggle with anger. I more struggle with jealousy. Or I may struggle with pride or may struggle with sadness. Whatever your go-to emotion is, you can sub that in for anger right here. But it's for sure when I am angry, I do not know how to control my mouth. And so I have to decide, okay, before I say what I'm about to say, is this coming from a place of anger? Because I know that anger can change everything from what I'm saying. I'm not being rational. I'm not thinking clearly. I'm not coming from a place of love or understanding. Instead, I'm coming from a place of not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt. I'm coming from a place of relying on an emotion to tell me what to say. And that's never a smart thing. James 119, this is literally my screensaver right now. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to what? Listen slow to speak, and slow to get angry. But how many times are we the opposite? How many times are we quick to speak, quick to get angry, and slow to listen? We're always assuming the worst about a person. We're always jumping to conclusions. We're always saying, fire, aim, ready, rather than ready, aim, fire. But this verse says, slow it down. Slow it down. Listen to what people have to say. Hear them out and don't just respond in a moment of anger. We should halt before we speak when we are angry. We should also halt when we are feeling lonely. Now, hunger and anger can result in hurting the people around you with your words. But when you are speaking from a place of loneliness, this usually ends up hurting you. Why? Because you are willing to do anything to try to solve that loneliness, which usually means lowering your standards in a relationship or a friendship. So you're saying, I am so lonely that I don't care if this person treats me right. I don't care if this person crosses off the checklist of what it means to make a good friend or a good relationship in my life. I'm going to let them in anyway. And as a result, you're going to end up more hurt than you were before. If you're lonely and you make decisions, you might ask for things from a person who should never be giving you those things. You might try to get comfort from a person who is never supposed to be the one bringing you comfort. You might send a text out of loneliness that you really should have never sent, or you might jump into a relationship that you or the other person just aren't ready for. And so you have to consider before I make this decision, before I speak these words out, am I lonely? And lastly, you should halt and consider 
later, are you tired? Now, tiredness can bring about crabbiness, but can also make it to where we don't care as much about the things that we should care about. We're willing to give things up or make compromises. And so when you're speaking from a place of tiredness, you might decide that things that actually really, really are important to you aren't as important as they really are. Why? Because you're tired. You just can't seem to care. And so if I would say to you, if you are tired, guys, you have the power to make it to where you feel rested and joyful again. What you can do is say no. You don't have to say yes to every single social thing in your life. Another thing that you can do is put your phone away. I think a lot of us pull out our cell phones when we're tired, when we're laying at bed at night, and we can scroll and scroll and scroll for hours. And that's not restful. That's the opposite. It's draining. And so you need to evaluate, okay, am I tired before I speak this out? Because I could end up regretting saying no to something or compromising something or hurting someone's feeling based off of how I'm feeling. We need to think before we speak. Consider, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? If you can say no, I'm not any one of these things. I'm not speaking from an emotion. I'm speaking from my heart, from my mind. I'm rational. I know that I'm making the right choice. If you've halted and you've thought, then you know that you are speaking from a place of love rather than a place of anger. Lastly, the last tip that I can give you is every single morning when you wake up, pray. Now, it doesn't have to be this super long prayer. You don't even have to tuck into your Bible if you don't want to, although I would recommend it. But you could do a short 30-second prayer that I do every single day where I ask for three things from the Lord. First, I say, Lord, please help me to be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. So you can pray that James verse over yourself. Second, you can say, Lord, will you please bind my will and my emotions to yours because I can't trust my own. Remember our emotions, we can't trust them. They are what ends up screwing everything up. And so when you say, Lord, I want my emotions to be yours today, bind myself, which means stick myself to those that will make sure that you are working from a place of the right emotions rather than hunger, anger, loneliness, or tiredness. And lastly, I would ask him to say, please help me to represent you well today. If you can uh, speak those three things over yourself every single morning, that can guarantee you that will help you always speak from a place of life rather than death and making sure that we're shutting our mouths when we need to. So let's pray to him now. Dear Jesus, we love you and we thank you for how awesome you are, but we also know that we can mess up every once in a while, that when we speak, sometimes we don't represent you well, sometimes we can hurt those around us, and sometimes we can hurt ourselves. So we ask now for wisdom to know when it's time to speak and when it's time to not, and that you'll give us so, so much courage to speak up when we should, but also the courage to stay silent. You'll always give us the wisdom to know what to speak, Lord, and help us to make sure that we're never hurting the people around us and always speaking life. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.